Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sports Radio. Live from CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring producer Moraz and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. Alright, and a happy Wednesday to you, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up. Sound check your best audio of the day in 20 minutes and some CBS Sports Radio on CBS Sports Radio crime going on last night. And then in 40 minutes, we taste test the new Lay's potato chip flavors, Cuban sandwich and BLT. It's a annual tradition unlike any other here on the show. Last night, game one win by the Denver Nuggets, says Nikola Jokic. Continues to put his signature on this postseason, a 30-point triple-double, and the Nuggets end up winning. They had built a 21-point lead and had it shaved all the way down to three by the Lakers, but ultimately the Nuggets hang on to win. I think, number one, it was eye-opening, certainly, to see the Nuggets jump out to such a quick lead. It was like the Lakers weren't ready for those early punches. And so first half, you're saying, wow, the Nuggets look like a machine here. A machine of death. You are a machine of death. That's the first takeaway. My God, how are you going to stop these guys? And then the second takeaway is that the Lakers cut it all the way down to three. And that the Nuggets didn't know how to put the foot on the throats of the Lakers last night. However, unlike a team that might be too mentally soft to win a championship, the Nuggets let that gap close all the way down to one possession and then were able to pull away late and make a couple of plays late, hit a couple of buckets late, and get the victory. So 
credit the Nuggets for finding a way to win a game where it looked like they were going to collapse. And I think maybe the Lakers had exhausted themselves getting it down to three. And then you see that oftentimes with the NBA. You cut a big lead all the way down to two or three. And then just getting there wins you. And ultimately, that team that had the big lead kind of pulls away late. That's what happened last night. So from a Nuggets standpoint, you get a game one victory. You get a great game from Jokic. But Jokic was quiet down the stretch. Only three points in the fourth quarter. So this is going to be where the Nuggets have to take a lesson last night. You're up 21, especially at home. You've got to keep that a double-digit lead. You cannot let the Lakers feel good. You have to keep them down. A team with AD and LeBron, the last thing you want to do is give them the momentum, give them the confidence. So big takeaway is the Nuggets need to learn from last night and you'll take a lesson in a win in the playoffs versus a lesson in a loss. Number two, love the balance from the Nuggets. Absolutely love the scoring balance. Every starter had double-digit points. Everybody got into the action. And again, the gear that they hit early was very evident that the Nuggets seized the moment and they were ready for it in front of their home fans Jamal Murray was great. They got out in transition. Gordon, et cetera. And then Jokic did what Jokic does. Really good early. I think from a Lakers standpoint, the big takeaway is, man, Anthony Davis is starting to finally get into consistent mode where he can be one of, if not the best player on the floor every night. And we just have rarely, if ever, seen this. Where AD's great enough to put up monster games, but there's always the big dip. Last night, 40 points from Anthony Davis in the loss. I'll tell you, if the Lakers get 40-point games from AD, they look at yesterday and say, that's a win for us. That's a win, because if we're getting 40 points from AD and on the road in a tough place to play in the altitude, we can cut a 21-point lead down to three, that wasn't our best effort. That was our best effort, and we got 40 out of AD, that this guy might be here every single night for us, and then that's that's a huge, huge advantage. Now, the problem with AD getting 40 but still losing by six is that Jokic's range pulls AD away from the basket. So he can't be a help defender. You know, Davis's defensive prowess, especially around the basket, makes him so formidable where he's blocking shots, he's intimidating guys in the lane, he's forcing guys to kick out, not take anything around the rim. If Jokic is going to be out beyond the three-point arc, kind of orchestrating everything, that draws AD out there, that softens up, opens up the inside. So AD can go off offensively, but if the Nuggets can take advantage interior-wise of that, then that's a big win for the Nuggets. But, you know, I, I just think that this is a really interesting series because you are pitting a team that is deeper and more talented, top to bottom, the Nuggets, against a squad that is more experienced and the two, two guys who have been there and one guy who's an all-timer. So can LeBron's experience and greatness 
combined with Anthony Davis's potential in these big games and what they did in the bubble, is that a greater advantage than having the better overall team? And there is always a concern, I certainly have it, with whether the Nuggets can get the stops necessary that can swing series and win championships. And I'm still doubtful. I'm still skeptical. Last night, the fact that the Nuggets had a 21-point lead and let it get cut all the way down to three is part of that. I need to see killer instinct from the Nuggets. I need to see in a big spot commitment defensively. I need to see when the chips are down that they've got the cojones to get this thing done. And I still worry. I still worry about this. But last night, this could be a really good series, a really fun, good series, because two totally different styles being played, but making a really fun series. Game one goes to the Nuggets, 132 to 126. You can always hit me up on Twitter, DA on CBS. Dixieland Dan tweets, I can't wait for Jack to read NBA highlights next year about Vector Wendenyoya. <laughs> Vector Wendinyoya. Chris tweets, DA, good morning. As a stoner, there is nothing better than a Dorito cheese and mustard sandwich. This new mustard-flavored Dorito just saved me a third of the work. Hashtag done for the day. (laughs) Mustard-flavored Doritos. And he does Dorito cheese and mustard sandwich. That feels like it's redundant flavors. Yeah, I don't like the mix there. You know, if you're moonbeaming on edibles, there's better things to do for the munchies there. Fatty Crackers tweets in a picture that he just picked up a bag of tangy ketchup Doritos yesterday. Tangy ketchup. I'll tell you, you know, the new the new Doritos that have come out that I really like are the barbecue ones. Yeah, you were saying that. I I, I really like the barbecue Doritos. I, I think that it was just, it's just simple rest. It's just simple. A simple barbecue recipe, and it, it actually works. I think it can go well with the regular Doritos of not cheese and Cool Ranch and whatnot. You get the barbecue potato chip flavor, yeah. but I guess the structure of a Dorito. Yeah, I think it's, it's very good. Okay. Give me spicy chili, the purple bag. That, uh, to me, goes hand-in-hand with, like, the beach or poolside more than any other chip in America right Spicy now. Spicy chili Doritos. Yeah, that purple I haven't bag. had those oh, yet. They're good, too. Yeah. They're good. A little wind dust and sand gets on them. They still taste good. It's okay. great. Okay. Squishy Liquid tweets in DA, interesting Sixers take. If three or four things went differently for them, the process would have been a success, so therefore it was a success. Every year, top picks never make it, so wasting multiple seasons from the onset only to end up where they did is an abject failure. Okay, so let me let me expound on this. I said Doc had to be fired because they had hit their ceiling with Doc. And the guy has collapsed in how many Game 7s? He's lost 10 Game 7s. He's lost seven series where they had a 3-1 or 3-2 series lead. Clearly, Embiid and Harden couldn't get to the next level when it mattered most in Game 6 and Game 7. They no-showed in Game 7, so you had to move on from Doc. My point is this. I saw people kind of dancing around the grave of the Sixers because they never liked the process. And I understand it. If you were just looking at it, like Pete is looking at it from a fan standpoint, and I totally respect that. You don't want fans to have to pay good money 
for crap product. Totally, I'm totally on board with that. But if you disagree with the process back then and you looked at it today and said, see, it never works, one plus one does not equal two here. I totally get being anti-screwing the fans, exploiting the fans. But the process, what it was meant intended to do was collect assets. And it did. They just misutilized the assets. Now, again, if you get to today and say, karmically, you know, they should have never deserved to it anyway, and you get what you, you reap what you sow, hey, that's one thing. But my point is, even if they were trying to win, let's just say they were trying to win and they just sucked, like the Bengals of the 90s, okay? And they just kept collecting high draft picks. They still blew the draft picks. Forget the intention. That's not the, the point here. They blew the actual decision-making, right? Because they drafted Ben Simmons, total bum. They decided to trade away the pick that would become Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz, who was broken the day that he showed up. So two of the number one draft picks they had were complete non-entities. I mean, they got nothing for it. Now, they got James Harden back for Simmons. But the point is, there was three different bad decisions to build this bad team or mediocre team which was they drafted Ben Simmons. They got Harden back in return. They drafted Markel Fultz instead of Jason Tatum. And they let Jimmy Butler walk, and they kept Tobias Harris. How different would the Sixers be today if it was Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler? We would say that's an NBA championship team. That's the most talented team in basketball, right? So that's my point, is that you can't look at this loss and say, see, the process was broken. They collected assets. They... They misutilized them. And, you know, Squishy Liquid's point here, and yes, I'm at this point now debating with somebody named Squishy Liquid. (laughs) Think of it this way. You're a C student. You're not good in school, okay? You're not good in school. You're a C student. So you're kind of like middle of the road, 41 and 41 team. You want to win an NBA championship. You have a choice to make. You want to get a scholarship in high school to go to college, to get a degree. You're a C student. Do you commit every waking hour to studying? Okay, so you come home from school at 3 o'clock, and you crack the books every day, 3 o'clock until 10 o'clock, go to sleep, wake up, do it again. But you know you're not a very good student, and you know you're not inherently bright or, or brilliant. For a 2% chance, let's say, that you could earn an academic scholarship. Maybe a 1% chance, right? That's If you're a 41-41 and 41 team and you make the NBA playoffs, and you're just like, you know, we're just going to keep getting into the playoffs and, and rolling the dice. That's like a 1% chance of winning a championship. You're just grinding, working. We're going to max out of what we are. Or... You can intentionally flunk every class, get Fs all around, and if you do that, there's a 25% chance that you get a at-need scholarship to go to college, okay? You know you're smarter than to flunk every class, but you know that if you are really, really bad, there's a school out there that is likely to give you a 
a scholarship to go to college because they're like, wow, this this kid really needs it. <laughs> now, you might get the you might get a scholarship. Now you got to do something with it. And what the Sixers did was they intentionally flunked every class. They got the scholarship. Then they went to college and they failed college. <laughs> That's the problem. They they went into they got they got the scholarship, but then they just kept failing the classes. Maybe because inherently they're not a good student. When we come back here on the show, we've got sound check, your best audio of the day. Jamar Chase on Joe Burrow and the moves he's practicing in the locker room. A bizarre claim about Justin Verlander last night and CBS Sports Radio on CBS Sports Radio Crime. DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Remember, you can always listen to the show in podcast form. The full four hours are the best of the show. Available, just search The DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. We begin with a Jamar Chase, Bengals wide receiver on Joe Burrow at minicamp. Yeah, like UFC punches, fly kicks, and and punches. You don't watch UFC? I do, but what is he Yeah, he does this. This is normal. He does it to everybody. You don't see this in the locker room? He, he kicks on me sometimes. Like, he do it all the time. Joe Burrow is walking around the practice facility practicing UFC MMA moves on Jamar Chase and his teammates. Let's hope that it's not at full speed or full strength. <laughs> I don't want to see Joe Burrow take down some type of grappling hold, throat punch, Jamar Chase. That would get annoying. I don't care that he's the quarterback. I'm getting chopped in the back of the knee again. All right, Joe, we get it. I would get annoyed after a while. Yeah, the guy that's a little too physical with you? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like a pat on the butt guy all the time. You know? All right, we get it. Enough. Rub your shoulders, guy. But you're a little uncomfortable with anybody around your butt because you're not proud of your butt. Well, hold on. I wouldn't say I'm not proud of my butt. Hold on. 
I would say I'm alarmed at my butt or frustrated that the rest of my body doesn't look like my butt. Because conventional wisdom says my, I should have a big fat ass, and I really don't. Because the rest of me is chunky. That is where I've lost the most weight. I think my butt getting big. Right, and so because you're disappointed in your skinny flat butt, Inverted. you probably don't want people pinching it or slapping it. I, I don't mind that. I would just... Yeah, I, I think I, I don't mind people patting my butt. No, I'm okay with it. You want to you wanna give me a little spank on the high knee? I'm probably fine with it. Okay, so you would want Joe Burrow then to do that. Right, but I wouldn't want him to do it every day. You okay. know, every once in a while, a good, little good luck tap, I think, is nice. Every day? Uh, enough. Hockey's a real stick-tap type of sport. You tap a guy on his stick with your stick. Yeah. You tap a guy on the shoulder. You tap a guy in the gloves. Tap a, tap a guy in the head. Hey, nice job. Yeah. You were obviously an elite deck hockey player. Were sure. you a were you a stick tapper guy? Uh yeah, I mean usually on the shin guards. Shin I, guards. I yeah, I'd go for two taps, boom, boom. You know, that kind of deal. Uh that would be like the good luck and warm-ups along the line. I was big on tapping the shin guards for sure. And when you play deck hockey, do you play it just with your sneakers? Yeah, picture everything that exists with hockey, except it's nonstop running, so it's a lot more difficult because you're just doing wind sprints the whole time. It's more difficult than yeah. being on ice. Yeah, because you could glide. You could take kind of, you know, half shifts off. There's no shifts off. It is boom, 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 running, sprinting. Obviously, I was a physical freak at that point. Physical freak. Well, for me, yeah. I mean, that was a lot of, I mean, every every other day, it was a lot of running. Round, firm, rumpus. Wh- whose game was yours most similar to? Uh, at the time, a Matthew Barnaby. Okay. Uh, I was a scoring touch, but agitator, uh, stick up for, you know, some of the big stars on the team. So I, I played to my strikes. You know, I was looked at as kind of a bigger guy, so a little bit of an enforcer, but I had the magic touch with my stick. And who were the bigger who were the bigger stars on the team? Uh, at the time, um, well, geez, our big centerman was Kevin Chamberlain. He actually lost his life last year, but he was great. Uh, really elite. Matt Leo had a little bit of a Sidney Crosby in him. Um, he was excellent as well. And, you know, you go down the line, there were some other good players. A couple of buddies I'm still friends with, the Rollins brothers. They were twins. One's better than the other, but you can't tell the other that's not as good. But those were the kind of guys you looked out for. If they got roughed up in the corner, you had to come over big elbow okay. into the boards. Okay, I like that. Yeah, agitator, that makes sense. And what was the – yeah, that's right. Perfect description for Moraz. And what was the team name? Uh, I played for three teams, the Red Wings, the Blackhawks, and the Penguins. Wow. They were labeled after NHL franchises. I hopped around a little bit. You know, I wore out my welcome a couple places. <laughs> a journeyman, if you Yeah, will. exactly. Okay. Here is Mets voice Gary Cohen on SNY as Justin Verlander makes his City Field debut last night and kind of implodes against the Rays, giving up a pair of home runs, a bunch of hits, and the Mets end up losing yet again. And here was Cohen on maybe nerves for Verlander. Can you have butterflies when you're 40 years old? New experience for Justin Verlander. Going to the mound at City Field for the first time as a New York Met. So, I'm not sure this is what Mraz hopes it is, which is him excuse-making for Verlander. I'm not sure. Excuse-making? No, 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 no. This is more a commentary on the Mets play-by-play voice here. Has nothing to do with Verlander himself. Okay, so you you think it's just it's this was before Verlander gave up runs. This is right, he this takes is what them he out. Takes them out. The play-by-play voice there says, "Is it possible to have butterflies at the age of forty years old?" There are 
maybe 8,000 to 10,000 people in attendance. The team stinks. There's no nerves to be except for. And a guy who is won Cy Young's, won a World Series, pitched in multiple World Series. Why, if you're the play-by-play voice of, no offense, a franchise doesn't want anything in 30 years, do you think that that pitcher taking them out for the first time at 40 to make his home debut there, would you think there's butterflies? That is... Well, he did pitch well his first two starts on the road. This is his first home start and did not pitch well. So is it possible that Cohen was right, that there were some butterflies of pitching for the first time at home? Are you kidding me? (laughs) DA, even you can't defend this. No. Well, I'll say this. I don't know if he had butterflies. If he did, that's a joke. He should not have had butterflies. And and again, that audio you heard is before Cohen would even know that Verlander would implode last night. The man took the field to a smattering of applause because nobody's at the game. (laughs) How could you say with a straight face, is it possible to have butterflies as if this is some kind of monumental moment for Justin Verlander's career? Well, maybe. Maybe it's not monumental, but maybe he knows he's making a ton of money. The Mets are desperate for any type of good starting pitching right now. He's finally pitching at home for the first time. There's been frustration with him getting injured right off the the jump. And maybe Cohen spoke to Verlander before the game and that Verlander admitted like, hey, this is is not just my a normal start for me because there's a lot on the line because of my, you know, he feels the, the pressure. Started multiple World Series games, had to build up the courage to ask Kate Upton out. And you think in front of a bunch of Pete the Bodies last night, standing online for hamburgers, that, that he had butterflies? I mean, could we? that's an embarrassing moment from a really good play-by-play voice. You know what this is? This is deflection. This is the morning after Judge deflection. and Herman. Let me take a shot at the Mets grasping at straws here. Again, we didn't get to him yesterday with the Judge take, but he yelled at me and taunted my kid, no. and now he's making fun of Gary Cohen <laughs> no. and the Mets broadcast. A big signature in Nobody soundcheck. Nobody was there. Stop How could it. you be nervous? A big signature on soundcheck has been both the praise uh, a la a Bob Euchre, the laughing at a la a John Sterling, a play-by-play voices for the past few years. You cannot set up a moment like that in May for ju- it's disrespectful to Justin Verlander to even utter the words, do you think it's possible that butterflies? We're not talking about going to pitch at Wrigley for the first time either. It's City Field. It's a glorified restaurant with a baseball diamond. <laughs> oh, Another wow. shot at the Mets. There it is. Yeah, wow. that's, that's totally low. Take, totally it's takes a, away his argument. That's a better ballpark than Yankee Stadium. It's fine. It's a nice place. I, but the point is you don't get butterflies. I don't get no, butterflies. should not have had butterflies yeah, last night. It's a night. joke. It's a joke for a play-by-play announcer to suggest that. The fact that you guys aren't slamming the table goes, this is an embarrassing moment in broadcasting history oh, from a broadcaster on. sitting over there is is tough. And it's a guy we like and respect. You got to be better than that. It's not that terrible. It's it's a comment I would have made, wouldn't have made, but it's not that terrible. I think it's just worse that Verlander might have felt pressure last night. That's a problem. He didn't. In front of 10,000 people. He, and that's the thing. Now you today can have that take. Wow, maybe he did feel butterflies. That's not fair to Justin Verlander to suggest he had butterflies. And that's why he stunk because he's 40. The Rays are awesome and the Mets stink. That's why he stunk, not because of butterflies. <laughs> Finally, yesterday, Schwartz had a regrettable tweet admitting that he had no idea who Victor Wembenyama is. Here was Zach Gelb last night. Pete's response it was even more embarrassing than the first part of the tweet. He's like, can you tell me who Gavin Adler is without looking it up? I have no clue who that is. 
So I looked it up, and he was the number one overall pick in the lacrosse draft this year. Pete, I know you love lacrosse because they give you a bunch of free tickets and all that stuff. We're doing a national radio show. You're a national update anchor for sports radio. You're not giving updates on lacrosse until, what, the the men's final four here and there. Every single show tonight, tomorrow, once we find out who the number one overall pick is, is going to be talking about Victor Wembenyama. So that's just absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? I just saw this during the break because I saw DA was crushing him. I was crushing Peter Schwartz. Peter Schwartz actually deleted the tweet. But it's like that's got to be something that you don't admit out loud. And I I thought it was a bad look for the network, if I'm being honest. Gelb was right in all of that. Gelb was right in all of that. If you're Schwartz and you don't know Victor Wembenyama and you were employed by CBS Sports Radio to be an update anchor and a personality on a network that is talking about the NBA quite a bit, and today we'll be talking about the lottery and who won the sweepstakes. And if you don't know it, that's fine. You've got to keep that to yourself. This is information you do not need to share. And you certainly don't need to be proud of it. And I tweeted at Pete last night. I said, yeah, just don't admit this. Like, this guy's really important to a lot of our listeners. He's important in San Antonio. He's important in Detroit. He's important in Houston. He's important in Portland. These are all our markets, Pete. Do not say to a bunch of our audience, I don't even know who this guy is. It does not help our credibility. It does not help our credibility to employ people who are proudly defiant in the face of the things that we need to know. So you don't know who he is. That's fine. You're a hockey fan. You're a lacrosse fan. That's fine. Don't admit it. And then he deleted the tweet. So now this ends up bringing up a whole different conversation. Did Pete do the right thing to lead in the tweet? In most cases, I would say you can't delete the tweet. I still think he's a coward, but I think he had to delete the tweet. I think when it became apparent that he was way off and this could be career-costing for him. I don't know if it's career-costing. <laughs> well, or should I say... Credibility-costing. Uh, yeah, I, I would say his career is on toast, but it's fair to question whether that tweet could financially cost Pete shifts at a part-time rate here. Maybe you think twice about putting Pete on during NBA playoff games and stuff like that to read scores if he doesn't know. It, it could cost him in some way, shape, or form financially. I think he had to delete it. So you think, I'll say this delicately, bosses who don't know what we say on the radio would be aware of what Schwartz said on Twitter and then now put him on an update shift? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he, it becomes a big deal where, remember now, multiple hosts on said network had now questioned him on Twitter, Zach Gelb, NDA, I think that's the moment where Schwartz cowers there. I think he cowers once DA is tweeted at him and goes, this is now a big deal. Multiple hosts have tweeted at me, and it is going to affect me in a negative way. I need to take this down. Now, the adult move would have been to, I guess, quote tweet his quote tweet and say, this is on me. I should have known who this guy is. You can't delete tweets. That's fair. I, I like Pete. I like Schwartz. But this is a case where being in your own Schwartz world killed him. And he lives in Schwartz world, which is why we always get updates about the kids 
and the foul balls and the Long Island Ducks highlights. The umpiring. The, the umpiring, the IHOP gift certificates. This is why we get all that because Schwartz, unlike or more so than almost anybody else I know, lives in his own world so much and is empowered by his Twitter followers. These zany, crazy Islanders fans that follow him for the Islanders stuff live in his world. And so, you know, all of these guys that follow him and that live in Levittown or live in Uniondale uh, or, live where, or some of our guys like Dr. Phil Keto tweeting at him last night that he had never heard of him either. Is he a Long Islander? No, Phil Keto is just one of our guys. No, so what I'm saying yeah. is his Twitter followers who are also Islanders fans make him think what he thinks is important is the only thing that's important. True. Because they kind of... They, they do the same thing. And what Pete doesn't get is he's got to wear two hats. It's fine if you know all about the Islanders. It's great that you love the Long Island Lizards. There are Lizards fans that go to Pete as the only media guy that knows anything about them. It's fine. It's great that there's like probably long snapper aficionados that follow Pete. <laughs> That's fine. You just have to also realize you also wear a hat of an audience that cares a lot about this guy. Yeah. And when Gelb says, or when Gelb calls him out and Schwartz counters with, well, do you know who the number one pick in the lacrosse draft is? Because I do. It's not apples to apples. It is not. Because Zach Gelb or I or any of us in this room or anybody in the network will never, ever, 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 ever talk about the Lizards beating the Brigade in the National Lacrosse League <laughs> Championship it's a game. good spot there. There's no way we're doing, like, a Nighthawks segment. But there is absolutely a guarantee that Pete will do a Wembenyama score or highlight in an update at some point in his career. It is guaranteed that if he was working today, he would have to lead with Wembenyama or game one in every update for the entire shift. So it is not apples to apples. And that's where, again, Schwartz is in Schwartz fishbowl and can't get out of it. I hate to make this like super serious and cause like a trickle-down effect, but... Peter Schwartz has been in the respect. I, I mean, I there was a time I was in school. I heard Peter Schwartz doing updates in radio in New York, and I, I'm great that I've grown to be his friend. But you know, if you're that next wave looking up to a guy like Peter Schwartz who feels like he's been around the business for a long time, this empowers you not to know Arch Manning's name, not to know Shay Gilgius Alexander's name. If he doesn't know who uh, Victor Wembanyama is, then how could we ask those 25-something-year-olds learning the ropes and trying to come up behind Pete to have that same kind of respect for their work if, oh, it's no big deal, Schwartz doesn't even know who he is. So I'm going to get through this. There is a little bit of an example being set there that that kind of sloppy work is okay. Yeah. He brings up a good point, something that's been weighing on my mind heavily actually yeah. recently, Deanna. I haven't. I didn't want to discuss it on the air, but you're often very complimentary of me and my job here. Very much so. But when my colleagues are what Sean just laid out, like, am I just the least bad of a <laughs> motley crew? Like, this is the problem now. Like, I don't know how significant those statements are anymore because what's the competition? <laughs> well, I, I think you're elite at what you do and would be on any network no matter who you were compared Jack to. Jack might be better, but that's it. But I do 
It's got potential. I, High ceiling. I do think that this is indicative of a network getting sloppy. I think this is a dynasty that's eroding. I think this is I think this is the Cowboys losing to the Panthers in 96. I think this is the the Patriots losing to the Titans in the wild card round. We can't have guys on the air that pronounce Arch Manning one of the biggest prospects ever as Ark. We got to know Shea Jill Gis Alexander. Gilgis. Kai Gordon is okay. Gilgis. Christopher Porzingis. <laughs> and we got to know Victor Wembanyama. And if we don't, we don't read him in updates, nor do we admit it on Twitter. Just don't say anything. You know, just don't say it. Hide the negatives, accentuate the positives. This is the best advice. It's like, what do they say about if, if you don't know what's going on in class, there's no dumb questions. Just stay quiet. That's not right. how it works in our business. Go to the stay, bathroom. If you don't know, stay quiet. Or we're still in the entertainment business. If you make a mistake or don't know something, you have to own it in a funny way. Not, oh, I'm going to delete this quick because, or, well, well, they pronounce it ARC in half the countries here or whatever. You know? Or they edited my audio. Right, exactly. That's They're, part of the business. Can I make excuses? I, honestly, let's be honest. That's part of the business. This all changed the moment people stopped saying I was a locker room leader. You guys, oh, he's no locker room leader. The moment I stopped being a locker room leader, guess what happened? Here we go. We got sloppy around here. So when did you stop being a locker room leader? When everybody stopped saying I was a leader. When, when did you guys you went start? out there. How many times did you guys go out there? You guys consider him as a leader? I don't consider him my leader. It's funny. Everybody Who? stopped considering me a leader. The place went downhill. I'll tell you this right now. Mraz, if you could clean up the newsroom with tape cutting for highlights and for our update anchors knowing what they're talking about, I I would I would go to bat for you to go get a raise and give you a new title. I want you to be a locker Another room Another title? Falling up? I mean, what are you doing Well, if he here? does more work, well, we need that. He's not going to do more work. He's climbing up. I won't, me? but it's nice to know the incentive's there. <laughs> He's not doing more work. What would you say to Pete today if he was in the newsroom? To, if to you were Pete, a locker room leader? Pete, listen. Think before you tweet. The most basic thing. Think before you tweet. Do your do yourself a favor. Who has more credibility? You or Adrian Wojnarowski? Did Adrian Wojnarowski call him one of the best prospects or the best prospect come out? Maybe look him up before you tweet that you never heard of him because it's embarrassing for us as a network to keep putting you on the air and you keep putting out the CBS Sports Radio logo on Twitter every time you do an update and you're basically trying to compare him to Galvin Lutz or whoever the heck the lacrosse player was <laughs> that he said. That's a good message. That is a good message. Leader. That is a locker room leader's message. Yeah. Captain C doesn't come with a hard hat, you know? <laughs> I'd send them home. <laughs> You'd send him home. Send That's him Pete's home. answer for everything. Go home. That's Pete's answer. And then you'd complain about having to fill that shift at the no, last minute. I would not. Look, I, I would if I'm doing that, doing that part of the of the schedule. I don't do the anchor part of it. But if I'm doing that, I'm looking at it like, hey, is this for everything? You know, like you, you have to you have to question it. You do. Well, Merez is right. I mean, you'd start questioning whether you want him around NBA playoff time because then you'd just yeah. be like, wow, if you don't know that, then what else don't you know about the league? Yeah, exactly. And if I was everybody that worked alongside him in that same role, I'd say to myself, boy, the sloppier he gets, the more, the worse it looks for, like, my job. And, like, we don't need – if we mm. don't need Schwartz reading that, then it looks bad for me keeping a job, you know? Yeah. I know it was a bad, it was a bad thing all around last night. Look to Bogus. He's the leader there in that room. Him and Jack. <laughs> Could be like captain of last year's Blackhawks team, but it's still. Jack actually looks to me for leadership, and look where we are now. <laughs> Give you a honk and a wave. That's actually a good point. Pete, send me home. Well, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, suddenly Jack looks a lot better after Schwartz's night last yeah. night. You know what?
I'm fill in next week. Bo's I'm Jack off. Stern. I'm actually off on Friday, but I think Caserta's already in. Oh. Unfortunately. Dude, the week Caserta and Boyle are loving this. No like, question. Yeah. More shifts for us. Bogues has headlines. I'm Jack Stern. The ping pong balls love those Spurs for the third time. San Antonio wins the draft lottery. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now I'll say it slowly for Schwartz, Victor Webinyama. <laughs> if he's new to you as well, he is seven foot five with guard seven skills. Five. It's not supposed to be that way. He's, he's nearly as tall as Yao Ming was, but he <laughs> runs like a guard. Uh, he runs like Sean thinks he can run. <laughs> He's really, really good. Uh, multiple media members watched the lottery behind closed doors, and they said that the Blazers missed Webinyama by one number. Oh. Portland picks third instead after the Hornets. Oh. The Rockets and Pistons, who shared the best odds at number one with the Spurs, end up fourth and fifth. Now, the lottery opened for game one of the Western Conference Final in Denver. The Nuggets hit the stage running, leading by 12 after one, 18 at halftime, and 21 in the third. But the Lakers closed to three points late in the fourth before Denver finally won 132-126. It was a gotta-have-it game one for Nikola Jokic. Playoff, I mean, we need to be aggressive. We need to win a game, so... Uh, especially in front of home crowd, especially because they they won uh, two game ones, so it was. I think it's a being aggressive. It's a normal uh, right now. Jokic posted his sixth triple double of these playoffs: thirty-four points, twenty-one boards, and fourteen assists. And as he said, the Lakers took their openers on the road from the Grizzlies and Warriors. And LeBron has won twenty consecutive series when winning game one. So that's now off the board. James had twenty-six, twelve, and nine last night. Anthony Davis led LA with forty and ten boards. Adam Silver called the new John Morant gun video shocking. The league investigating its validity, but the commissioner is expecting the worst. Morant then issued a statement apologizing to those he let down and saying he continues to work on himself. Your MLB RBI leader is... The 1-2 hit off the end of the bat into deep right field. Acuna going back. He doesn't see the ball. And it doesn't matter because it's gone. Acuna had no idea where that ball was. That goes just over the yellow stripe. Didn't make it into the people. But we don't care. It's a home run for Adolis Garcia and a 3-1 Texas lead. That's from Rangers Radio. Adolis Garcia on 44 wow. ribbies now after that two-run wow. shot. Texas beat Atlanta 7-4. 200 RPIs? You know, joking, I think they said right before that it was an RBI per game. So now it's a little... Okay. Above that. Yeah, right, because we're about a quarter of the way through the season. He has 44 home, uh, forty-four RBIs, which would mean 88 at the break, which would mean 176 RBIs. Yeah. Okay, very good. Thank you, Mr. Bogues. When we come back here on the show, we are taste-testing Lay's potato chips, Cuban sandwich, and BLT. DA, CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back to the DA Show, everybody. Here on CBS Sports Radio, taste test time. We do this annually. We've got potato chips from Lay's, Cuban sandwich, wavy, and BLT sandwich, regular. Guys, let's try the regular BLT sandwich first. Okay. First of all, smells nothing like a BLT. Smells just like kind of a barbecue. Hmm. It's an appealing chip. smell, though, yeah, at least to me. There's a hint of bacon. Okay. Let's hmm. try this. Hmm. 
It's a good chip. It's a good chip, but is it BLT? No. It's bacon. We've had this before. I remember the exact flavor. Hmm. I might call these delicious, but they're good. I would never say they're BLT. Nope. No, this is a great chip to pair with a sandwich for lunch. It's there's, a great chip. Yeah. There's nothing heinous about it, but it just tastes like chip with a hint of bacon. You know yes. what that tastes like? Remember the beer chip? Beer chip. Remember beer cheese. The beer cheese one? Yeah. It tastes like that one. Mm. It's a, a great bit. chip. It's That's a, a really good chip. Excellent. I'd it's buy actually chip. a better barbecue. Yeah. I, these could easily go out on a bowl summer afternoon, people over barbecue. Really good. That's a keeper, but you can't call it BLT. It can't be BLT. It's just a bacon flavor. Right. All right, cleanse the palate. Mm. Mm. Next up, wavy Cuban sandwich. I'm always intrigued by the wavy because that tends to carry the flavor better by the mini canoe-shaped waves within the chip. I'm excited for this one. Doesn't smell like anything. It smells kind of like a cheese, yeah. like a Swiss I'm, cheese. I got a little armpity smell. It's Arm. not a good smell. No. Wow! Oh my goodness, that's a lot of pickle. Yeah. That's a lot of pickle. That's not bad. But it tastes like a Cuban. Yes, it does. It oh. does taste like a Cuban. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't like Cuban sandwiches, so I don't like the chip, but you're right. This perfectly encapsulates that taste. Of all the dramatic chips we've tasted, it tastes the most like what it says on the bag. Yeah. This is a huge upset. I thought this was going to be disgusting. On a side note, another uh, thing I can't believe you don't like, Cuban sandwich. You know yeah. why? Pickle's heavy in it. I really hate the taste of pickle. You can taste a little bit of pickle in here. There's dill, certainly. Mm -hmm. There's a good sprinkling of dill. Oof. There is a waft of the Swiss cheese in there. There's probably some Swiss cheese yeah. dusting. I don't get mustard, though. There's a hint, I think, of mustard. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I hate mustard, too. I'm back to BLT to choose. So BLT better in general, but this one closer to the label. This one tastes pretty good to be like, yeah. And pretty good. They're oh. both winners. Are they getting better, Blaze, at this? Maybe. Yeah. They're very good. Wow. Those are two winners. We usually have at least one that's a disaster. But they also gave you a smaller class this year. We only got two instead of four. Yeah. And Lays might be doing this better now. I mean, we've been doing this bit for like seven years. Somebody said try Crawford flavor. I don't know what that is. Sure, it's not crawfish, and they got... They tweeted Crawford. I don't know what that means. Spell check, maybe? I think crawfish. What Crawford's not a flavor. Hickory? Dickory mm. Dock. Oh. oh. Hey, oh. Over here. Oh. Hickory Dickory Dock. Taste my BLT sandwich. Hey, oh. BLT's good. It's got some staying power. Got your tanking right here. Oh. All right, so if you are out and you see BLT sandwich or Cuban sandwich lays this year, you're getting a unanimous applause from the DA show to purchase that. When we come back here on the program, are the Nuggets good for the NBA? They got game one last night. DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.